90 Plus Podcast. With your host, Ben Rugetti and Sebastian Herrera. Welcome back to episode two of the 90 Plus Podcast. Myself, Ben Rigetti, joined by my co-host, Sebastian Pereira, in person, bringing you all things Whitecaps from the last week as we look forward to game two of this season and we reflect on the week that was in the world of the Whitecaps. Uh, we've really appreciated all the positive support off the bat we got from episode one. Uh, we are on SoundCloud and on Spotify at the 90 Plus Podcast, as well as on Twitter at the 90 Plus Podcast. So be sure to check us out on there. But right now, myself, Sebastian, going to be jumping straight into things and we're going to be taking a couple, stepping a couple of days back to the Whitecaps season opener where they lost 3 1 to Kansas City. Sebastian, more just your opening initial thoughts after those 90 minutes. Well, it was it was quite something, you know. A lot of us really expected expected positive things to come out of this game. We saw the squad um, come into the the home opener with a lot of positivity. You could just see how how passionate they were being uh, during the preseason, how well they were getting along with each other. Um, as I mentioned last week, to St. Ricketts um, said that the locker room vibe was really good, and then. Um, Honestly, they like Mark DeSanto said, they don't know what happened. Uh, you could see it in his face after the game um, at the press conference. He he just didn't know what to say. He was kind of lost for words, really. And, and yeah, although it was a great atmosphere at BC Place and it was great to see all the fans back um, to support the team, it was quite unfortunate they weren't able to grind out the, the result. And um, hopefully they're on to better and bigger things and they can replicate what they did in preseason. I feel like they can. I mean, we take a quick look at the roster that they went with. They went with a sort of a four four two, sort of a four two three one. I think uh, it kind of played both ways at times. Yuri Reina joined Lucas Cavallini up front, and he also dropped in behind a little bit to play that sort of ten role, as we said he might in episode one. Uh, wingers Milinkovic and Dahomey. I think that was relatively set, and then Imbalm and Russell Tybert, The uh, midfield pairing that uh, coach MDS went for and then standard at the back Nowinski on the right Adnan on the left with Cornelius as well as Kamiri and sitting all of that in front of Max Cripo in goal um, yeah I think I, I think one of the biggest talking points has got to be the midfield really coming out of that game I think a lot of people can agree with me and I know Sebastian does as well we've talked about this uh, in the lead up to this podcast that Really, I think Inbaum and Russell Tiber are a little bit too one-dimensional for my liking. There is, they sat back a lot. They essentially at times joined the back six, uh, made, made the back four, making it a back six. Uh, I know that could have prevented the second goal that Kansas City scored if either Russell Tiber, I think, was the closest guy had stepped up uh, to Kinder there. But really, I think just they sat too far back and they allowed Kansas City to come at them wave after wave of attack. And they sat back and they defended and they defended, which can only work for so long. You can't do that for 90 minutes. You can't do that for an entire season. And I'm sure Coach uh, MDS has really uh, fired some words into that locker room of saying the midfield, they've got to be more dynamic. They've got to be more two-dimensional. They can't just sit back and play defense, which it looked like they did for pretty much that entire game on Saturday. Yeah, very true. I agree with you. Um, for me, like I saw, I don't. it looked a lot like last season, the midfield, and there was usually a wide like a very bit or a really big space in midfield in between um the wingers 
and the midfielders themselves. Because it was almost like when when the White Cats were attacking, they played mostly like a 3-5-2-ish. Yeah. So Imbom or Tybert would drop back into a back three with uh, with Kamiri and Cornelius, and then they'd have Adnan and Nerwinski pushing out to the wings, and they'd advance Milinkovic into Home a little bit more. Um, but there was just a really big hole in the midfield, I thought, where the wingers were pushing up a bit too much, and then that kind of like broke a bit, broke the midfield quite a bit. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe Tybert and Inbaum are two very similar players that can't push forward enough, and maybe they need like a Bikel or an Awusu there to to really be that high pressing midfielder that can s- offer support up top you usually when i see like a 4-4-2 a 4-2-3-1 or a 3-5-2 you always see that connection between the midfielders center midfielders and the wingers and i don't know it was just really weird like the view i had of the field there was just a really big gap um in between um i guess the front six um so yeah it's something they got to be more aware of uh, something i really wanted to mention during this podcast was um ali adnan unfortunately he wasn't able to to contribute as much as we we would think he would um and that was in large part thanks to Kyrie Shelton um he really shut him down uh I think it was around um 11 tackles I think if I'm not mistaken um that he made and he absolutely shut down Ali Adnan he was really frustrated during the game he Shelton didn't let Adnan do anything going forward so um yeah, it's 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 kind of one of those games where the Caps have to leave it alone, pretend it didn't happen, and and just revisit all the basics, basically. And I'm glad that you brought up Ali Adnan and kind of those wing backs that turned into basically essentially midfielders when they switched to that three five two going forward. Uh, in the first half, a lot of times Nowinski and Adnan they were both pushing up far too high, and that left all that space in behind them. And I think the centre backs weren't really all that comfortable with moving too far away from the centre of the field, trying to cover up that space left by Nowinski and Adnan when they went forward. And a number of times Adnan got caught out, Nowinski got caught out tracking back. There was two. Uh, almost like a weird overlapping bit between Dahomey and Nowinski on that right side that uh, Kansas City took advantage of a couple of times down that right, uh, their left wing, Vancouver's right wing. And um, I think in the second half, Nowinski picked up on that a bit better. I think he did a better job of sort of staying back, knowing when to go forward and really kind of finding his feet. And again, that might just be a bit of preseason rust to kind of shaking that off and getting into the swing of, okay, it's not preseason, it's not training camp, you know, this is for real and these points are starting to count now. You know, you want to get off to a great start. It, it wasn't a great start, to put it frank, for the Whitecaps. But Nowinski, he, I, he picks out at halftime something that, you know, staying back and kind of shutting down that space a bit more. Real, I, I think defensively the Whitecaps looked better in the second half. And I think uh, there, there were long periods of play where the Whitecaps wouldn't even touch the ball or look that interested or involved in the game. And I think a lot of that came from their spacing from those uh, wideouts uh, between the center mids and the center backs pushing out wide to Adnan and Nowinski. So I think MDS maybe talked to both Nowinski and Adnan, and Adnan maybe didn't get the message, but like you said, he never quite uh, stepped up and contributed the way that a lot of Whitecaps fans were hoping. He missed a couple of tackles here and there. He was a little bit sloppy on the ball, which we're not really used to seeing from him. And again, like that, that might just be first game of the season, nerves, jitters, whatever you want to call it, shaking off that preseason rust. So... Uh, 
I, I think going forward, they, the the wing backs know that if they do stick to this four two three one, that it could be that they're really gonna have to be a bit smarter when they attack. But I think for right now, MDS has said, look, it's it's okay. We're moving on. They're playing LA Galaxy, another very they're a strong team, Galaxy, and um, they've got they've got to really focus on defense here. And I think they've been doing that this week at practice, and I'm excited to see how it all comes together this Saturday. Yeah, true. Um, of course, it's also a big year for Jake Nerwinski. We're all looking. Um, we're all looking at him, hoping he replicates the 2017 form he had as a rookie. Um, of course, it's a great start to the season for Nerwinski personally with that goal. It just shows you how much um, he's willing to push forward. Um, also quite surprising is um, the play of David Milinkovic. I mean, I don't think a lot of us would have expected of, would have expected him from the get-go to be so involved in the attack as he was on on Saturday and Something I also want to talk about is the choice of substitutions by MDS. It was it was mm-hmm. quite weird, if I'm going to be honest. You know, they took out Dahomey and Milinkovic yeah. um, and added Ricketts and, and Montero, Montero to the fold. And it was just, it, for me, it was just kind of weird. I mean, Milinkovic looked the liveliest out of most of the attackers, and he really wanted to push forward the attack. But, um, but MDS decided to take him off early in towards the second half. And um, as for Dahomey, he looked he looked okay. Nothing a bit nothing. of a, a showman at times. I Sometimes think, once or twice he kind of yeah. uh, got on the diving board a little bit. If yeah, you, if you want to go as far as saying that, I don't yeah. know. But um, but yeah, yeah he was playing the crowd for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, nothing nothing bad or, or, or good to talk about about Dahomey really. It was just like yeah, a, he a was really, there. You know, really he ran out there. He ran yeah. he ran around for seventy odd minutes. Uh, he got subbed off in the 79th so yeah so 80 minutes pretty much he went out there you know he, he, he tracked his man coming back he, he came back he went forward uh, he got involved here and there I think a lot of the play did come down that left wing with Milinkovic and like you said rightfully so he had a, a bigger impact than I think a lot of Whitecaps fans maybe were expecting right off right out of the gate so um, I, I, I think Dahomey maybe going forward he's looking to have that Milinkovic sort of impact uh, in a number of games and like be a consistent winger saying okay I'm I if I can step up my game a little bit be a little bit more involved uh, be a little bit more dynamic down the wing then we can really open up some crossing plays for Cavallini I can cut inside take it myself overlap that right wing with Jake Nowinski and a lot of that comes just from being confident and uh, I mean it's his first game with the club it's the first game in the league so he's really kind of he's, he's got a lot to undergo here in this preseason and he we saw it in the preseason every now and then, you know, he'd show up and he'd look good at, in flashes, but nev- never anything really that consistent. And I think until he finds that consistent form, I think he's not going to struggle, but I think it's going to be a... a he, It'll he, eventually lead to Cavallini struggling as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, we saw that at times. So the Whitecaps, they, especially in the first half, they did not have a lot of the possession. And the possession that they did have, you know, be all between that back three, five, six at times, really just kind of passing it in and around, never really looking going forward that dangerously except from Jordi Reyna who mm-hmm. I, he had an absolute bulldog of a game I really enjoyed his performance he uh, you know he, like I said he drove forward he ran straight at guys he made defenders almost panic and like force them to tackle him rather than them sitting back and jockeying and jockeying which kills time slows down the attack so he really went forward and was him and Milinkovic really were the only real support that Cavallini had and again that was only in flashes that, that can't be uh, the style that Vancouver is looking for long term yeah, I spoke to I spoke to Reyna uh, the day before the game, so last Friday, and uh, he said himself he had offers on the table from other teams uh, in South America. Uh, he said a possible return to Peru was on the cards, um, 
But he said, no, I, I like Vancouver. I've been here for a while. And and you can really see now with his with this performance in the first game, albeit it, was, it wasn't what we were expecting from Reyna, but he seems like he wants to be here, and that's what he told me last Friday. So um, just hoping that he contributes a lot more. Um, um, going back to um, Dahomey and basically all the other attackers this goes for, um, it's also a bit of pressure too because maybe – they felt like there was a lot of pressure being pointed towards them to perform in this first game, considering how decent of a preseason they had. And so maybe now when they go to L.A., they might feel a little bit more free uh, towards maybe just getting a result there and having that pressure of the fans off the off their back. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how the Caps respond in that in that aspect. Um, of course, you always have to consider the impact that. Players like Christian Pavon or Chicharito are going to have on the game. Um, so we'll see how it goes. And one thing that I noticed before, uh, so in a minute, I'm going to give Sebastian some player ratings from uh, for the Whitecaps, and he's. I'm going to give them, I'm going to give Sebastian the numbers that I gave, and then we'll see if Sebastian agrees with me, too high, too low, just right, and the reasoning kind of behind I gave those numbers, uh, those ratings to the players. But um, just before we move on from this Kansas City game, I think it, one last real talking point was, the, the the high press never quite worked out for Vancouver in in no, that Kansas didn't. City game and whether that's a mix of Cavallini looking uh, he he had that like, great late chance like the 87th minute that at the time would have tied it up before Eric Cattardo, uh obviously went and scored <laughs> that was a great uh, goal. I, saw this, I, I saw this stat and I know you did too on Twitter this was a uh, Hurtado's a 105th game at BC Place and just his fourth goal so yeah it's it's um it's quite hurtful there but yeah you hate to you hate to see that yeah. but um yeah really the high press never really got going for Vancouver and I know Mark DeSantos all preseason long he's like watch out for the press it's going to be a big part of our gameplay it's going to be you know our key to really getting the uh, getting the ball higher up the field rather than having to start some from so far back at times and that, that was a big thing that a lot of Whitecaps fans were looking for and we were looking for and hoping for it and waiting for it and it just it just never came and I think that was a bit of a a slap to the face of Whitecaps fans really. yeah true um I, I expected a lot more at the press too and and it worked so well in preseason. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see a glimpse of that during a regular season game. But I'm sure MDS will stress that a lot in training this week. Um, you do have to say, though, though, like just one final point for me on this Kansas City game. The Whitecaps did do well shutting down Polito. Like if you think about Polito's play during the game, he only really had one chance. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And the rest of it was just passing around the box. Um, so on that aspect, they can be proud of shutting down someone who a lot of people think is going to be a very top player this season in MLS, and he's most likely going to be Kansas City's main guy this season. So um, it'll be interesting now how they handle Chicharito. Uh, of course, he didn't score in his first game against the Houston Dynamo, but you never know. It's a home opener, so expect the Galaxy to be excited. And, uh, yeah, should we get into the player ratings? Yeah, sure thing. So I, I, I took ratings at halftime and at full time, so we just go for the full time. Um, and obviously Montero and Ricketts, they played 20 and 10 minutes respectively. So I'm, mm-hmm. I've got ratings here, but I'm not really going to grade them that harsh yeah, because they true. didn't have that much time to really impact the game, especially Ricketts with uh, in and around 10 minutes. Um, so we'll start in goal, Max Grippo. I gave him a 7. 
I think he, he did well, and I mean, he, he he obviously he let three goals in, and that's a reason why this this rating isn't higher than it might have been. But he was very vocal between his defenders. He really lo- he loves to, sh- and we've noticed this a number of times already. He loves to shout and really get in his defenders' ear, and Corn- and that works really well with Cornelius, who's he's he's starting to emerge as that sort of like the guy in centre back, I guess, for Vancouver. But he's still got a step or two to go, and I think until he gets there, he can let Kripo be the more vocal and more kind of directive one. Uh, in the back line. So I gave him a seven because he, and he was very high in the box. He stopped a lot of chances up high, sniffing them out, got down to the feet of attackers a lot of times as well. So I gave him a seven. Yeah, I think seven is fine for Capro. Um, again, as you said, there wasn't much he could have done on the goals. Um, mm-hmm. He only made one save, um, but in the end, it was a crucial save um, to keep his team in it. So yeah, I think it's. I think it's good to give him a seven. Moving forward, we got right back Jake Nowinski. Obviously, he got the goal, the lone goal, and the opening goal of the Whitecaps 2020 season. Um, he had a, a, apart from the goal, he had a bit of a sluggish first half, if I want to, maybe not sluggish, but kind of, he, 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 didn't, he didn't stand out, simple as that. And it's difficult for a wing, a wing back to stand out at times, but he was just kind of there. And I think in the second half, he stepped up his game a lot better. He closed his, down, his man down a lot more. He got into that open space going forward, but he was still a bit hesitant at times and was a little bit smarter. So I, so I gave him a seven as well. Seven. Yeah, I think seven is fine. Um, I, I think I saw a stat somewhere where he was actually probably, I think he had like 97% uh, pass completion rate, something like that. But he had like, apparently he had like really good passing, a really good passing rate during the game. Um, but yeah, I agree. He got forward. Um, he did get beat on the goal, mm-hmm. on the third goal against Gerso pretty bad. Um, but other than that, it was clean performance from Jake. Um, I think a seven is fine for him. All right, swinging into the two center backs. We'll start with Kamiri. I wasn't the biggest fan of his play. He turned the ball over a Me number too, of times. Yeah. He gave the p- three possessions lost in the, just the first half alone, and as a center back, as the last line of defense, really before the goalie, you, that's that's a scary stat if you're Mark DeSantos. And he he was brought in to be this kind of ball playing defenseman that I know Mark DeSantos wants at the center back position, and he's trying to influence Cornelius a bit more to be like that. And a lot of the passes weren't connecting for Kamiri, and whether that's his fault or the, the person he was passing to his fault uh, remains up in the air and situational, of course, but I gave him a 5.5. I wasn't that really impressed. He he was okay, but he, 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 he's he got a long way to go to improve for Vancouver. Very true, and I, I personally was really excited to see Kamiri in the starting lineup um, after we got that short glimpse of him last season against L.A. Uh, he did pretty well against Slatan in that game. Um, so, for me, it was it was just a very like like you said sluggish performance because there would be times where he'd just be hooping the long ball over the top. Yeah, yeah, and also he looked kind of shaky at times too in possession. He he was, didn't really know what to do. There was like I remember there was a moment in the first half where he was being closed down by two SKC players and and he just looked kind of shaky. He looked nervous. Um, I don't know. I don't know who said this, um, but uh, Kevin mentioned to mentioned this to me um, during the weekend. It's it's like a player that drinks a bottle of gin before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know who said that on Twitter, but um, creds to you, whoever who said that. Um, that's like the perfect description of Jasser. And yeah, five point five is 
is fine and, for me. And just before we get to the rest of the uh, the ratings here, like you said, there was a bit of Route 1 football in the last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That can't happen. Yeah, so, no. You're down 2-1. Like, you haven't been playing great, but you're not out of it. I mean, yeah. a goal and it's a tie game in yeah. front of a home crowd. Like, I mean, there was, there was like, I think it was in stoppage time, right before the Hurtado goal, and it was Jake Nerwinski, Jasser Kamiri, and... And Derek Cornelius just playing the ball in between the three of them. No, and just, I mean, just no hoop urgency. it forward. Exactly. There's it doesn't matter where it goes. Just hoop it forward. You never know what's going to happen with Cavallini in there. Mm-hmm. Um, good goal scorers getting good positions so the ball falls to their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so you never know. Just hoop it forward and, and something I, might happen. And I think a lot of that came from the deep, the midfield being a little bit uh, static at times. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole game, really, not just yeah, at times. the whole game. Um, getting, getting back to the, the ratings here. So the, uh, Camiri's centre-back partner, partner, Cornelius, a bit better than uh, Kamiri. Again, once or twice, he looked a bit shaky on the ball. And I think that's because he's not that ball-playing centre-back like Kamiri's, like we've been told Kamiri is and we've seen it at times. Um, he was okay. He was he, he just kind of he was he held his own, I guess. He didn't have the standout performance, but he didn't really, you know, he wasn't the sole reason a, one of the goals went in, or he didn't make any glaring mm, mistakes. Probably the the one the, the third one too. I, I the think. Hurtado. The yeah. Hurtado one because he was kind of. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, interrupt you, Ben, but like there was that moment um, when Gerso put that ball in, floated the ball in, mm-hmm. and Cornelius was backpedaling towards the ball, and he just he didn't know that. Um, he didn't know that um, Hurtado was there. Hurtado was behind him, and he just looked at the ball, and he almost kind of seemed to duck before, instead of uh, instead of what's it going towards the ball. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that was probably what stood out to me for Cornelius. But, but yeah, um, we'll go ahead with the rating. So yeah, so I I gave him a six, and I think that's that's fitting. A, b- a bit better than Kamiri, but you know, again, if he was he was he, he did the job. You know, he d- he did what he had to not well per se but he didn't never really kind of you know like really let the team down in, in that's my opinion so mm-hmm. i gave him a six yeah six six is fine for uh, and then swinging to left back ali adnan i gave him a 6.5 because uh, he, uh so newinski got a seven and adnan 6.5 um, I, again, he was he, he got involved at times. He went forward, and I think the last twenty minutes he really kind of sprouted quite a bit. Like he he went once or twice. He had like a nice move and beat a man and got forward in a lot of space, which is really what you should be doing if you're a left back in twenty minutes to go when you're down by a goal. But his actual defensive play was rather poor. I think he missed a couple of tackles. Uh, he lost his man. He lost the header to uh, Polito for that first goal. Mm-hmm. He got beat in the air, which which obviously it's Polito. Is we we know that he's strong in the air. He's big. He's physical, but you you can't be getting beat like that in your own like with like especially when it's like a ball up in the air exactly. like that. Like a fifty fifty. You're yeah. and you're a defender. You've you've got to make sure that's you. So I yeah. gave him a six point five. Yeah, I agree with you. Six point five is good. Um. He also, like like you said, he showed a little bit of spark in the last 20 minutes. Um, he had that great through ball um, mm-hmm. to Cavallini for that chance. Um, but there was, he could have made a better decision, and Ricketts was He was streaking too. down. Yeah. yeah he was the, the and he was wide option. open, too. So um, if I'm sure if Adnan would have seen him, that probably would have been a goal. Um, but, yeah, it's, unfortunately, I, Ali wasn't able to show what he usually shows during these games, and and Shelton did a good job shutting him down, as I said before. So uh, I agree with 6.5 there. Moving up to the midfield, we'll start right mid. Uh, Dahomey, I I gave him a 7, but I was a little bit unsure because, I mean, for me, Dahomey could have been anywhere between a 6 and like a 7.5. He, 
again, he didn't have a standout game. He, he didn't really do anything wrong, but he never, didn't necessarily do anything right. I like the way that he, he, he ran a lot. And, I mean, there's, there's running around and then there's getting involved in the game. And I think he found some sort of gray area between the two, really, where uh, him and Nowinski in the second half, at least, had a really good understanding of where each other were. And they had good link-up play in that second half. The first half, uh, we, sh- we saw that he was um, uh, rolling around, I guess. And whether that's, you know legitimate injury or I'm not one to say but um yeah I'm, I gave Dahomey a seven purely just because uh he, I liked how he picked his game up in the second half I think that says a lot about a player yeah I agree seven was good um uh, like you said there wasn't anything like necessarily um poor poor or or like over the top from him yeah but he did good to find that group I think he'll he'll adjust well to MLS mm-hmm. um of course, he did have those dives, as we mentioned before, but... Do we I think other it, dives? Have we... Uh, mm, uh, it, it could, it, <laughs> one here and there, and then yeah. another one over there. Who are we to say? We're just sitting behind a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> just here on the 90 Plus podcast, you know? Follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, center mid now, we got Russell Tybert, Captain Russell Tybert. Captain for Russell Tybert. Captain Russ. And um, I, I gave him a 6.5 because that midfield was rather one-dimensional it was too slow they sat back too much and but at the same time he 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 did defend rather well there was at times where he was like the last man back which shouldn't be the case but just happened to be and uh he 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 ran he ran around a lot he got involved he was aggressive at times and like like i said those flashes where they'll have these like 30 seconds pockets of energy or they're just like you know like be the best player in the park, and then they'll die off for you know another ten minutes or so. So, I, I gave Tybert a six point five. He he did well on defense, but he didn't get anywhere near involved enough on offense. I know he had that one shot in the uh, in the first half, but really I don't think he he contributed much, if at all, bringing the ball out of their own third moving forward. Yeah, it's it's usual like it's the typical Tybert we've gotten to know over the past couple of years. We've always talked about how. He has to be more involved in the offense and and not just pass the ball here and there. Um, uh, we all know he's an excellent passer of the ball, but he just needs that final step to really become a solid MLS midfielder, and it's that step going forward. Um, but, yeah, what, what did you give him again, six? Um, I gave Tybert a 6.5, 6.5 yeah, just because yeah. of his defensive effort. If he was yeah. slacking a little bit, then I would have probably given a 6 or even a 5.5, mm-hmm. but he, he he did enough to get a 6.5 yeah. on defense. Yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't too much he could have done in the second goal. Of course, he probably could have stepped up a bit, but it's it's all in the moment when when you don't notice that man on, on the top of the box. So um, just a little bit of, mis- of a mistake there, but... Um, and then moving into his center midfield partner, Inbom. I think this was a player that a lot of fans were excited to see, you know, for his second go-around in Vancouver. And he really lit up the park at times uh, at BC Place last year. And, you know, a lot of preseason buzz now that we know, you know, the talent that he is and what he can do on the ball. And we didn't see any of that really on Saturday. Uh, I gave him a 5.5. Um, he sat at that holding mid position with Tiber and... He, 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 like I said, he was far too flat with the defense. There was n- nowhere near enough uh, space between them, and that left that huge hole between those front three of like Reyna, Milinkovic, and Dahomey, and this like sitting wall of just players at the back. So that just allowed Kansas City to keep crashing forward. So I gave Embalm a five point five, and I'm I'm really hoping he can. Uh, we won't see a performance like that on Saturday. Yeah, there was only from what I remember from the game, there was only one over the top ball. 
where he really um, put it like he, he I, it was like a crossfield bar where he, where he released a home and that was probably mm-hmm. the only highlight for me from Mbom. Um, as you said, hopefully we don't see these type of performances in the future. And if, if he wants that move to Europe this summer, he's going to have to do a lot better than he did on Saturday. He's going to have to earn it. And one player from Europe who really earned a good spot in this roster, David Milinkovic. I gave him an A. Obviously, he got that uh, a wonderful assist on man the, the Jake Nowinski goal. My Whitecaps man of the match. Whitecaps man of the match. Whitecaps man yeah. of the match. Yeah. He, was, he got the highest rating from me, so that's a spoiler, I guess, for the rest. But, um, yeah, I gave him an A. He, he, he did very well. He, he, he tracked back well. He got forward. He was confident on the ball, which I think was something that the offense was maybe lacking, apart from Jordi Reyna. I think he was very aggressive going forward, which is something that that kind of cutthroat and sort of mentality is something that Whitecaps have been missing from a winger position for a, a couple of years now. And I think the Whitecaps have found a good fit in Milinkovic, so I gave him an eight. Yeah, very true. Last year, the Whitecaps didn't have as much wing play as they would have liked with Venudo and Bangura. Mm-hmm. And right out of the gate, we see Milinkovic come out and and really be confident in his skill set and I think he'll adjust to this league very well. Uh, we obviously saw the assistant, the magisterial play that led up to the goal um, from him. And he also had those fair share of moments where he, he wasn't scared to take players on. So, so yeah, I think, I think he was definitely the best performing Whitecap on the day. And that's why he got an eight. And for me, the second best performer on the day, Yuri Reyna, he, he, he had a lot of question marks about him coming into the season. You know, where was he going to play? inside as like a, that sort of cams up maybe more as a striker we saw a little bit here and there in his earlier years out on the wing so he sat in that number 10 role and was that cam to start the game and also went forward at times to really give some support for Cavallini and uh, yeah, I think going forward, him and Milinkovic were really the only two that were kind of put their head down and drive and really attack defenders, like force them to you know commit rather than just like delay and slow the game down a bit, which I think on obviously on defense you want to be doing. So uh, I think Yuri ran he, he he ran like a bulldog out there. I liked his play. Uh, I gave him a seven point five. Yep, I agree. Uh, Reyna was one of the bright spots. Uh, he always looked to inflict some energy into the team with some runs forward. So. I think a 7.5 is fair for him. Um, would have liked to see a lot more on the attacking side, of course, trying to create some chances, get some shots mm-hmm. on goal. But um, that'll come as the season progresses. It's only the first game. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he'll find his feet soon. And I think this LA game is really going to be a good test because LA's got, uh, you know, they've got, they're pretty solid in their midfield and working their way back as well. It's nothing to sniff at, really. So if you're already reigned, if you want to have a big sort of, not breakout necessarily, because obviously he's been with the Caps for a couple of years now, but if you really want to like put your footmark on a season saying, Cam, this is going to be a good year for me and you want to start early, this LA game is a really good opportunity for him to kind of tell Whitecaps fans, I'm dangerous, you're going to want to get behind me because this is going to be a good year for me, I can tell you that right now. And I, I can yeah, I can see it when he plays in his eyes almost, yeah. if that kind of makes sense. I can see there's, he, he wants to go out there and succeed, so I yeah. give him a 7.5. As I that. said before, he it looks it looks from what he told me on or last Friday that he wants to be here. And mm-hmm. Hopefully he just continues his, to grind out that form that we saw him and we saw him come into the, into the MLS with in 2017. And finally, the big shiny new toy for the Whitecaps. El Tanque. Big number nine, El Tanque, Lucas Cavallini. A lot of hype around him. He was, you know, the big name that the Whitecaps brought in and almost like a, po- a poster boy for this new Whitecaps, if you will. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, 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 he played. 
That's for sure. He, he was played, out there. He was out there. He, yeah. he, he shot the ball here and there. Yeah. Um, I gave him a 6.5. He had that great chance in like the 87th, 88th minute to really to tie the game up and basically light BC Place on fire. Um, he, he couldn't suck it away. And it, this is a bit harsh for Cavallini because he didn't have the most support. I think he's really one of those players that, like, if you get him the ball and a good chance, he will score. But he's not necessarily a grinder. Like, he's not going to c- come back and win the ball, drive up 45 yards, and then have a pot. You know, that, that's just, that's not who he is. And uh, he, he's strong in the air. He's clinical in the box. But he's not really a workhorse, if you will. If the ball comes to him, you better believe it's probably going in the net. Um, apart from that chance in the 88th minute. So I gave him a 6.5, but that's not entirely up to him. Yeah, I agree. Um, as we talked before earlier in the episode where um, the wingers really need to provide for Cavalini. The whole team really needs to provide for Cavalini because if not, he's going to struggle. Um, he he had another good chance off the post in the first half. That was probably mm-hmm. a better chance than the that than the one. the one in the second half, mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like. Um, but there wasn't much he could have done. There was... On rushing to to Melia coming towards him and the ball was stuck was, in his feet as well. Yeah, and it was an odd angle too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully the Whitecaps can provide a lot more for Cavallini going forward. All right, so those were our uh, player ratings for that three-one loss against Kansas City. And I, I think, think we I think we can agree that Gotti Kinda was the man of the match. Yeah, uh, hands down, he yeah, always, he scored that Casey. second goal. He and he really took advantage of that big hole left in midfield by Tiber and Imbalm sitting so far back. Mm-hmm. He really just took that center of the park and made it his own. And yeah, he was. I'm, I'm glad he obviously um, we're Whitecaps fans. We want the Whitecaps to succeed, but I'm glad Kinda grabbed that goal because he really deserved it. Yeah, and. He almost played as a, a winger in this system, which was quite mm. surprising to me. Cause almost like a, a free floater, they just kind of yeah. let him go wherever he wanted. Yeah, to. but he was. It was really surprising to me. Like he, he would oftentimes be out on the wing. I think it was on uh, Johnny Russell's side on the left side, and and he would oftentimes come in, and his skill set was was quite remarkable to see firsthand. So I think he's going to be a top midfielder in MLS this season. One to watch for sure, and maybe. Maybe his play kind of gives us a hint at what a Wusu might have in store for us. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad that's a nice transition as we're looking forward. We've got a Wusu coming in uh, to really kind of help out that midfield. Um, and then another player that almost got, kind of got lost in the whole season opener was Daniel Bikel. Uh, we picked him up, uh, midfielder from CSKA Sofia uh, in the Bulgaria uh, First League. So... And another piece in the, and we touched on this in the um, in the first episode that we've got just this this wealth of talent in midfield, and uh, it's almost like uh, I mean the four two three one. A lot of fans are excited. We saw it work pretty well in uh, preseason, especially trying to establish that press. But four three three might be on the cards here. I mean, we're looking Maybe, at. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think I'm I'm hoping that this isn't permanent form from Imbom and that it's really just kind of a, trying to shake out the rust. Um, but I mean, you're dropping Owusu in there with him. Maybe Tybert coming off the bench. We've got Bikel as well in there. So there's 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 a lot of different combinations that MDS is looking at in that midfield three. If obviously they do switch with Cavallini, the lone striker, and Milinkovic, Dahomey, Reyna, whoever you want really outside. So, but that those those center three midfielders there, they're going to need to put in a bit more of a shift than they did on uh, Saturday. Yeah, very true. Um, just looking at the highlight packages that. The Whitecaps released on on Daniel Bikel. Um, I'm really excited for this guy. He was a Portuguese youth international. Um, he he's played for some big clubs in the Netherlands as well. Um, 
and from the highlight package, he just seems like that drive that the Whitecaps are missing from midfield. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't scored that many goals in the last couple of years, but he'll obviously try and be that driving midfielder forward to carry on the Whitecaps attack. Um, so, also, sorry, also, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. So if you're you're MDS and you're looking at, like you said, he's, he, he drives the ball forward, and then you're looking at Tybert, who likes to sit back, Inbom, who's kind of that sort of middleman, Owusu, another sort of middleman similar to Tybert. You're looking at all these different kind of combinations, and just just say we they, they uh, you know, Vs and everything are permitted, and all players are ready to go for LA. Do you switch to the 4-3-3, and who are your midfield three? If I am MDS... Um I probably I don't I think it's too soon to put Bikel in there. Um, obviously, this is his first week of training. Um, I'd probably say Bikel will be ready for the Colorado game along with Eric Adoy. Uh, as long like, as myself, I will be at BC Place for oh, the yeah, game. Yeah, for the first the first game that uh, Ben will be accredited for, hopefully. Um, but check um, me out on Last Word on Soccer. Yeah, <laughs> do that. <laughs> Read his article. Come on, support him. Retweet him on Twitter. Uh, uh, my Twitter is at Rigetti Ben. And <laughs> <laughs> obviously Sebastian at SebastianP74. What so is this? What is this? A, a, a promo? Is, are no, we, we taking gotta, a promo break or what? You know, we got to get our, our followers up. True, you know, we want to create a true, bit of establishment yeah, yeah. here. But yeah, going back to <laughs> your point, sorry. Yeah, going back to Bikel. Um, um, as for this Saturday's lineup, I think, I don't know I don't know if you go to the 4-3-3 um, because MDS is taken like he's taking most of his preseason to go into the 4231 mm-hmm. um but obviously with the pieces the Whitecaps have it's probably more ideal to go to the 433 um if I were MDS I'd personally go with um probably the same back line as um this SKC game unless Godoy is fit enough to go um as for the midfield mm-hmm. 3 um I'd like to see Awusu play alongside Imbom and Tybert and then for the front three, it would probably be Milinkovic, um, Cavallini, and Dahomey. Mm-hmm. Um, I could also see MDS going with the four-two-three-one, slotting Owusu in for Tybert, maybe. Yeah, that I'm, might be what would be the closest thing that we see. And 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 I'm glad you said that. I, I I'm excited to see how Owusu fits into this team. From what I've seen so far of him, he looks just. A lot more two-dimensional. I'm going to say this a lot this year. It's one of my <laughs> one of my like, favorite <laughs> ways to describe a player. But if you can just be more than just a defensive mid, if you can push forward and really contribute to the attack, and if you're a shutdown defender as well, and you can push out wide and be have the flair and everything that wingers typically possess, that's that's one of my favorite sorts of players. One that really can do it all. But uh, and I don't want to say Awuzu can do it all. I don't want to put, you know put that sort of hat on him before he's even played a minute for the team. But I'm um, uh, yeah, just kind of. Add that little bit more depth in that midfield, um, both on and off the field. Really, uh, like I said, there's Tiber and Imbom. They sat far too uh, far deep, and they joined basically the defense, leaving that huge hole where players like Kinder can go and just dominate. And there's a there's Kinder is a great player, but there's a lot better players than Kinder in that same position that will just feast on Vancouver if that's the case. So I think Awusu can really help kind of draw up whoever his other partner is, whether that's Tiber, Imbom, whoever it may be, Bikel, if um, in a few in a uh, little bit of time. So. Um, I think he's really going to be a player to kind of drag the other one forward and really create sort of that depth and that dynamicism that Vancouver is lacking. Yeah, very true. I agree with you. Um, of course, you talked about Kinda, and if if it's any sign of what we're going to be seeing from Awusu, um, that, that'll point us into the direction of what we're going to see from him. It's obviously Kinda coming from the same league, and 
just his performance on Saturday against the Caps was was top class. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully Owusu provides that same type of bite, um, if not more. And uh, from a lot of people have said um, that he's a very he was along the lines of probably the best player in the Israeli Israeli league, mm-hmm. one of the best midfielders there. So um, if MDS does choose to go with him, it'll be nice to see um, him getting a test against top MLS midfielders like Sasha Kleshchen, um, of course, trying to deal with the threat of Alexander Katai. So we'll see. Um, it's just a matter of time for this Whitecaps team. I think they just got to settle in, get all their pieces together, and MDS discussed that for the first game it was – the best available lineup his coaching staff thought they could put on the field. So um, with these latest signings of um, uh, Veselinovich, I can't say that name. Veselinovich. Veselinovich. I can't even say it. (laughs) That guy, that guy that I just said. That guy, that guy, yeah. Uh, That center back guy from Serbia. Apparently he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) pretty good. Uh, Janjo and um, Uusu, if... They can slot those guys in and maybe have that around, I think, probably April, May, have mm-hmm. that starting lineup get into the groove. We could see a very good Whitecaps team this year if everything goes according to plan, obviously. Um, I think we'll probably switch in towards the LA Galaxy game now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kickoff is set for... Um, 4 p.m., I do believe. For 12.30. Er, nope. Hang on. 7 p.m. Pacific. Oh. Um, oh, the Colorado game is at 4. Yeah, the Colorado that, game. Okay, the okay. one you really want to go to. That I, <laughs> that I will be at. Yeah. <laughs> um, 7 p.m. kickoff at Dignity Health Sports Park. You can watch the game on TSN1 and across the TSN network. Um, we'll see. It's it's quite the matchup early on in the season for the Whitecaps. Um, they have three games to start the season against Western Conference opposition. Mm-hmm. It's always good to play those teams early as well, so you get a feel of what teams in your conference are looking like. Um, but also it's it's a tough test to start the season because you obviously want to win those games against Western Conference opposition to um, vault over them in the standing. So mm-hmm. it's a good early testing. It's a decent LA Galaxy team in my opinion. They probably should have came out with the win uh, this weekend against the Houston Dynamo. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. They're they're going to be excited for this 25th anniversary season. Um, the big signing of Chicharito, the emergence of Christian Pavon, hopefully is an MVP contender for them. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll have a big say on what they do this season. So we'll see. We'll get our fair share of glimpse of that so this weekend. Just before we wrap up uh, the second episode here of the 90 Plus podcast, we'll just quickly uh, give some predictions and initial thoughts. So, Sebastian, just before you predict what you think you're going to be seeing on Saturday at 7 p.m., um, is MDS going to make any lineup changes, in your opinion? is what If he does, then who's it going to be? Um, and what's your score prediction as well? I'm hoping Owusu gets a chance to start this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I Other than that, I don't really see any other changes coming about. And who, who would he replace, Tyrer uh, or Imbom? Probably Tyrer, I think so. Um, I, re- I just can't see Imbom dropping out of the lineup. MDS says he's a very key player for the Whitecaps, so I just can't see him dropping out. Um, hopefully. I don't. I don't know if Godoy will be available for Saturday's game. That's something I'd like to see, but I think we'll it's see. close. But I don't think they'd use him just. No, yet. I, th- I think they might see him for the Colorado ex- game. Yeah, expect him for the Rapids game in two weeks' um, time. As for predictions, this is a tough game to call after um, Saturday's result because 
Mm-hmm. You, we don't know if this is going to be a similar year to last year. We're hoping it do, it, it isn't that, but um, it just Saturday's game looked a lot like last year's games. Um, for me, I'm going to have to go with um, 2-1 loss, I'm going to say, against the Galaxy. I just can't see the Caps going down there and getting a result. Um or maybe maybe a two two draw if anything mm-hmm. maybe that's the only thing I see or, um, but that's probably the only one of the only yeah. results I see getting them out of getting out of there with a two two draw or a two one loss. Uh, um, hopefully they, I'm hoping they'll they'll perform a lot better than last week. I think they will, to mm-hmm. be honest, because MDS will have them grinding this week for that game, and they'll be motivated to to really show the fans what an away perform a proper away performance looks like for them. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you kind of said that. That this th- this game for the Whitecaps, it's not make or break. It's the second game of the season. Mm-hmm. There's a long way to go. It's not time to abandon ship and you no, know, start from scratch sure. if no. they lose this game as well. Obviously, LA, uh, a very good team. So it, it's going to be difficult to beat them regardless of who you are. And um, it's their home opener too. They're they're going to be hyped up. Yeah, especially there's... the crowd will be in full force, mm-hmm. uh, trying to motivate Chicharito to get that first MLS goal. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm liking what you're saying with bringing in Owusu for Tybert. I think Owusu and Imbom, when Imbom is having a good game, or like what we saw uh, quite a bit last year, um, they're going to play have very similar styles. You know, very they're strong on defense, but they're more than happy to go forward and join the attack, which I think is really something that we didn't see uh, last week against Kansas. So um, I think the only change likely to be made would probably be that Owusu for Tybert. I think they're going to rest Godoy and really make sure he's 100% and... Uh, I'd expect to see him in that Colorado lineup, but just not quite yet for this Saturday. Um, in terms of predictions, predictions and yeah, score, um, I'm looking at so last year the Whitecaps went down to LA and beat them 4 3 in a thriller. Uh, Chineros got that 93rd minute winner, uh, just a back and forth game all day. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be the same this year, or at least uh, this weekend. Um, uh, yeah, I think the Whitecaps would play better. I think MDS has talked to them. He said, look, this is we know what was slacking a little bit, and we know what we've got to do to change it, so let's go out there and do it in practice, and then hoping that that will translate to the game. Um, um, I still don't think that there's, there's going to be that spark quite there on that offense. I'm looking at a 2-0 loss. I think they're going to be kept quiet on offense, and they're just going to sit back, and it's going to be, it's going to be better defensively and a bit more structured, but I still think going forward they're going to be a, just a step behind L.A. And Ben, would you be happy if I mean obviously it's no one's ever going to be happy when a team loses, but would you be happy considering um, if the Whitecaps do play a lot better than they did this past weekend against LA Galaxy? Yeah, oh, 100%. And I said this in the in the first episode that success for the Whitecaps this year won't always be on the field or on the standing. It's purely going to be doing the little things right. And one of those things is establishing ident- an identity for the club and the way that they play. And, you know, no team wants their identity to be, you know, at the bottom of the, one of the conferences. And uh, when you go there and you kind of like, presuming to get three points out of it. And that, unfortunately, was it wasn't completely the case with the Whitecaps last year, but there was definitely, uh, they were in that sort of category. So um, I th- I think if they improve from Saturday, then I'd be happy regardless of the score, whether that's 1-0 loss or 5-0. If the Whitecaps go out there and play a full 90 minutes, they you know connect their passes, they defend better, they're spaced out better, then I think no no fan could really be upset at their team if they played well and lost. True. I, 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 think, I think we're all aiming that probably the Colorado game will be the target for the first win. I mm-hmm. think Colorado... Uh, all, all, but they've been pretty good with their set pieces, and of course they have a former 
uh, Cap Striker and Kite Kamara. That will probably be their best chance to get their first win of the season in the opening three games. Um, but, yeah, we'll look forward to what Saturday has to bring. Hopefully uh, MDS gets the boys ready for for a nice performance. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll be here on 90-plus podcast next week, of course, to, of course, recap that game and preview the game against Colorado more in depth. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head there. It's uh, yeah, it, it's a big game for the Whitecaps, but it's not you know all doom and gloom if they lose. Obviously, LA is a good team. MDS has talked to the guys; they know what they've got to do better. And as long as they go out there and they improve on their performance from last Saturday against Kansas, which I think we both want to agree that us as well as the club kind of wants to put that game behind it and just use it as a learning curve. Um, I th- yeah, I think that MDS, he, he knows what the guys have to do and the players know that too. So I th- I'm expecting a better performance uh, for Vancouver. And I think that just about wraps it up for us. Uh, myself, Ben Rigetti, uh, on my Twitter is at Rigetti Ben, and my co-host, Sebastian Pereira, at SebastianP74. Uh, this has been episode two of the At 90 Plus podcast on Twitter. It's been a great time, and again, we thank you for the support we've had in this first week. We've had a lot of uh, you know positive feedback and a lot of support getting behind us, so we really appreciate everything that our listeners uh, are saying to us and the feedback we've been given. And we're excited for week two and season one of bringing you Whitecaps coverage here on the 90 plus podcast. Yeah. Till next time. If you, if you guys ever had any, any feedback, I just did interrupt the, the outro. There, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My bad there. Um, but if you guys ever have any more feedback you want to, or something you want to listen to, uh, mm-hmm. something you want to look, want, want us to cover more. Um, don't hesitate to DM us on Twitter. Um, we're always open to suggestions. And, yeah, I uh, just wanted to say uh, on behalf of Ben and I, uh, thanks so much for the support, and cue the outro, Ben. Till next time. <laughs>